I am unashamed. What about you? So we're uh, so we're about to start back hunting again. Uh, we're only going to release uh, a podcast, one podcast the week of Christmas, and one podcast the week of New Year's. So we should have a lot of good duck reports by the time we get back and start the new year off. So uh, just know that we won't have our regular form. All right, we're in the split. Usually, this is the last day though. Tomorrow it all begins again. I went scouting today. Everybody was like waiting in anticipation waiting on the recon for me to come back and give the report and so the first thing i said was lower your expectations <laughs> and everybody's face fell it's funny because jay just texted me and he was like uh, boy these next few days are gonna be really good i guess that was before the report so well these boys sit on these deer stands and they hear ducks but, you know a few ducks can make a lot of racket right. when they're happy. <laughs> well, nobody's trying yeah, to shoot Yeah, and you're them. sitting there for hours. <laughs> but, you know, as Al, our friend, who's gone on to be with the Lord, said, things change. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know, we talked about Exum on here before, and some a listener was like, I can't believe y'all talked about Jack Exum. He went back to the Some guy. of the best advice I ever got. He was a good guy. Two words, things change if you ever wanted and he, a, and he sang it when he said things change yeah. but that's yeah. why i remember it <laughs> that's right. but look if it was the best illustrator i ever heard speak if you wanted a a 2020 two words to, to sum it up that's a good one things change yep. hey so he, i'd rather have jonathan uh-huh. henderson's <laughs> That's got two, a book. The two, that's two words here, too. It's called common sense. <laughs> and this is the best you I've like ever. You like that, didn't you? This, you know, this other guy's than a Thomas, veteran. I other think than he's published He went past Thomas Paine himself back in the 1700s. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I think it was 1700s. I think uh, we should do the Jonathan whole podcast summed up in two words. Two words, that's right. Just, yeah, 1776 by Thomas Paine. Uh, that's the original uh, to make the argument for the establishment of a new nation, he had a lot of good things in there. But, uh, but I think uh, I'll just tell you like it is, Mister Henderson, you did an outstanding job on that one. Common sense, a twenty twenty perspective is twenty twenty perspective. Where do you get this stuff, Phil? Because there's not a library within I, some people miles on a dare. They say, you know, the old guy. I don't know. They sent that to you in the mail. Send me two in the mail, and, and probably most of them say, I don't know whether he can hurt me or help me, but uh, I don't want to hurt anybody. So, Was this about Jesus, or was it? Oh, oh Jesus was in there. Common, how could you write a book about well, common? It's got to be about the Constitution. And Jesus not be there. Oh, yeah. That's where I was That's going my that. point. Most yeah. of them go in the, in the trash can. But this one, I will read through whatever somebody has to say. Yeah. But most of the time, it becomes rather laborious the further I go. <laughs> Except with yeah. Mr. Henderson's common sense. Okay. I said that. Right. Uh, I'm sure like he this. appreciates the, uh, here's the plug. The com- Look, here's the common sense creed according to Jonathan Henderson. Well, don't, uh, now you're going to ruin the movie for him, are you? Look, no. Okay. I will, common sense creed, I will honor God. All right. First out of the box. Family and country. Yep. Exercise virtue out over self-interest. Excellent. Validate facts and avoid assumptions. Use critical thinking to understand the world we live in. 
clear away the gray area for myself and others and walk in wisdom and knowledge. Hmm. Hold myself accountable and forgive others so that they can they learn growth rather than resentment. Excellent point. Yep. Be slow to anger with my fellow man. He could have thrown in there and quick to listen. Yep. I would add to that. James chapter 1. Uh, be slow to anger with my fellow man. Listen to this out until righteous anger for evil and stupidity is justified. <laughs> Great point. Use righteous judgment and forsake selfish ambition. Choose facts over feelings in every situation. Uh, I will not allow common sense. I will not allow yesterday to, to take up too much of today. Hmm. Looks like point. to me he just took a lot of Bible verses and just. Put made a, a good creed. Put them into sentences and made a decree. They did. Which, biblically speaking, maintain common sense. It's just finally part of his creed. Hey, and, Hollywood and, does and, the same thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What well, do you I, think, Leviathan, like that movie, which I've never seen? <laughs> uh, but I saw the title and I was like, Bible. I know where they got that. Yep. Is that a joke? But Apocalypse, you know, this, that they, they see these, these things in the Bible and then the next thing you know, they make a movie about it. Well, I was going to give you an update on my trip. So, we all went duck hunting. I spent the split of duck hunting in Kansas. So, said, t- tell the audience, because not a lot of people, I mean, some, there's some duck hunters here. Why do we have a split? What's the point? The, well, you hunt for two weeks, there's two weeks off, and then you hunt for a month. Or, it's it's all about the, the mi- migration. Supposedly, the government felt it necessary <laughs> to give these poor you ducks. You don't sound like you're necessarily on board with this uh, philosophy. I'm not. <laughs> These ducks arrest, so they need a timeout. This is the ducks timeout, <laughs> and and I think it. We won't shoot at you for the next fourteen days. Yeah, here's the problem: they we, don't get with the other states. It's every state for themselves. Do everybody do so? Well, yeah, everybody's different. You know. In fact, and, up north, I guess their season's probably getting near to be over. Right as it comes down. That's some, correct. They, some, they, they open like up in Kansas, October. Yeah. But Kansas goes as far as we do. So really? it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, but what you can do if you're a duck hunter, you can cross state lines. Right. Now, you have to get the, a new set of hunting license. Proper hunting license. Yeah, right. and do all that, which is kind of a nightmare now because I've had to do Kansas. I did Louisiana, then Kansas, and then I did Texas. I actually went duck hunting when I went down to Austin to see my family. How was that? Well, we shot one pintail. I went with my Yeti guy because I work, I do some stuff with Yeti. And he's like, hey, let's come duck hunting. I got a lease. I said, where at? And he was like, in South Texas. I'm like, okay. Well, it can't be anywhere around Austin. Right. Because I don't see anywhere to hunt unless we're, he's like, no, it's a pretty good drive. So I went, and it was actually not bad. There were a lot of ducks there, but they, you know, it's all in the setup. I mean, I think they wanted me to say, here's what I would do. And I would either do the cane trick, which we've done, because when we come out, I said, see all this cane? You need to cut that. Ask permission first. Your audience that has no idea what you're talking well, about. Well, I'm going to explain it to them. Cane, cane is, a, I would say, what, most of them are 20 feet tall think bamboo and they're with some little leaves on it they're always green yeah no matter what unless they die then they're brown but they make really good brush because 
and they're easily transported because you can bundle them up. I mean, I've, I've had enough to make a, I don't know, 50-foot circle. And if you bundle them up, you can just throw them in the back of your truck. They're pretty light. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is if ducks are lighting in the middle, we'll take a bunch of that cane and we'll create an island. Where it, and, and if you spread spread it out a little bit, but you just keep going out, 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 the ducks can't see you. Right. They pay no attention to you. Yep. And ducks, you would think they would they would think to themselves, well, there wasn't an island here yesterday. But see, that's the difference between a human and a duck. <laughs> he doesn't think that. <laughs> He flies by and, and says, "He doesn't let oh, he doesn't let yesterday determine his today." So that's it. So you can build sense. an island in the same spot he's been lighting, and he'll come as long as he don't see you. Right. And uh, I, I was talking. Jace is almost ready for a book, and the book is <laughs> inside the mind of a duck. Yeah. And a duck's head is really small. Would so you come agree? with me and join me in in, in getting inside the mind we probe. of the wily mallard? Well, would you agree with me on on the? And look, I was talking uh, to some. Uh, There's many years of observation, uh, unashamed nation. I was talking right. to this Navy SEAL sniper the other day, and he was dropping some factoids on me. He he was saying how far you can see like a human face. And that what distance? And it's like then the arms disappear, and then the further you get away, and he's like everybody looks like a triangle at like at some point. It was a really interesting, which thing. is interesting because the Navy right. Seal. You're talking about getting them out of ducks. We're trying to kill ducks, but Navy Seal they kill people. Well, right, <laughs> bad guys. But the reason I was asking, so, so these guys, is because I was like, well, this this certainly makes sense on why we use face paint. He's like, oh, you gotta have it because he's like, you know, I can look out. Our, he was he was using meters, so I'm not sure you know how many yards. But I was like, you know, if he sees your face, I mean, guess what? It's over. Here's a hint: you're dead. So I'm like, I was trying to apply that to ducks. Yeah, if they see you know they they see you now. They do have good vision. They're not their brains not functioning. At we notice we are far more successful with face paint. Oh, yeah, it's standard equipment with us. Yeah. We just reach in our pocket, you paint your face. Cause I just looked at people as I drove by. I got off out there about two hundred yards and looked over there toward the duck blind. Just had them all stand up, and they're shining. all standing there. And without face paint, I mean, they were glowing like human faces were glowing like. Look, these white whiskers. I don't know why I haven't dyed them yet this winter, but I will. By duck season, I'll just but get, you got, I'll get that, me some of that, but whatever the moss, they call it, Phil, and I'll, just I'll, for men. The cypress tree moss. Look at that. But, that, but you do look like the uh, the what, hanging moss. Yeah, the, the hanging moss. The what, Spanish moss. Spanish moss. That's what it looks it's like. It's that same color. You're, you're good. But the white face. So look, here's what's funny. So we go to this hunt, and the ducks rained in there up until legal shooting hours, which is 30 minutes before sunrise. So you're thinking, man, this is supposed to be a shooting I was mark. shocked. Yeah. I mean, it was pintails, mallards. They were just raining in the decoys. I said, I shouldn't have been hating on South Texas. Because I'm mallards. I'm like, what's a mallard doing down here? So as soon as the guy, of course, they'd light, sit there for a little bit and swim out there to the middle. So as soon as the guy said, we're legal, a pintail bull sprig 
he just came into the decoys and just posed. I said, kill him. They boom. He, he folded. All the ducks got up. We did not see <laughs> another duck until about 8.30. I said, well, boys, I think it's over. Because I just thought, you know, we used to hunt those ponds in West Texas. I thought this was a daylight thing. So they're like, yeah, one of them had to go. And it was, they started talking. And so we're unloading the guns, you know. And somebody said, look, look right there. And a bunch of five lit out there in the middle. I was like, well, let's give them a couple minutes. I mean, maybe. Well, then another bunch came. Then another. But then they were all lighting. So then you're watching. You're watching. Now we're just watching. So I'm like. (laughs) Did their blind stand out? Well, they had no blind. We're just in cattails, hunker down. But the cattails were pretty, I mean, they were thick. I don't think they were seeing us. I just think they're early. They were coming in on the decoys. And when it got light enough to see, they're like, they chose the that's ducks. fine. Y'all can have that party over there, but we're going out here where we know it's safe. That's why I said, get the cane and put it out in the middle. That's right. I said, or build you a floating blind. They like that idea better. Which is funny because on here we talk a lot about, obviously we built a business on trying to call them close you know, we have all these apparatuses, but the number one thing about duck hunting success is be where they want to go. Number one. <laughs> I mean, that's that, number that, one. That's it. <laughs> that, that is correct. If, if so, they want to go there, then you need to be there where they are. That's part of my speech when I do duck call seminars. I'm like, because people call and they're like, hey, what kind of duck call do you have that'll walk them in that last 200 yards? Because they're lighting out there 200 yards away. I'm like, save your money, move the blind. He's like, what? He I'm like, that. move your blind 200 yards over there. They're like, oh, yeah. So You know what you call that? Common sense. Let's, let's take a quick break. So I've been getting a lot of uh, notes from a lot of you that are trying Omega XL because Dad and I have been uh, talking about this for quite a while now, that it's been really helpful uh, with uh, inflammation issues that you tend to get. I mean, anybody can have inflammation, but the older you get, Mm -hmm. you get a lot more knee pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. So these guys uh, have done a great job, uh, 35 years of research that's led to to this product. It neutralizes the inflammation. And that's what helps you. Uh, it's re- basically got me off of ibuprofen and all the stuff I used to take to deal with that. So we want you guys to check it out, uh, especially if you got some aches and pains. I really think it will help you. It's definitely helped me. So you go to OmegaXL.com, uh, and if you order a bottle, you get a second bottle free, which is great. That's a month's supply. Uh, so you get that free because uh, you, you heard about it on our podcast. So it's OmegaXL.com slash fill. OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So while I was there after the hunt, uh, we had actually Missy, she started a women's Bible study group there in Austin, and it's doing fantastic, phenomenal. While the coronavirus is coming on, she's like, you can come wear a mask if you want or whatever. We're going to study God's word. So, well, since I was coming, she invited all the husbands and we had a meal. I think it was like counting us five couples. I guess that's legal in Texas during the coronavirus. And, uh, but it was the first time I'd interacted with people besides family in months. Yeah. And it was, 
it was really encouraging. You know, you, you realize you miss you, you miss this. And I, and I also thought, you know, just from talking to all these couples, everybody has problems. Everybody has issues. And when you get together, that's how you can get in people's lives is have meaningful conversations. You know, one couple, they you know, one of their kids has health issues and they were giving us all that. And other people were just, you know, worried about their job with the coronavirus. And it, not to mention, you know, actually talking about the coronavirus and just the you know some of the depression that's happened from people being alone and right so we just had a a wonderful meal we talked about jesus we just kind of loved on each other and then the next morning which was sunday morning we uh we visited one of the churches which there was there might have been 30 people there (laughs) i think they used to having a couple thousand yeah we're running about half numbers from what we were before the virus. but we just i don't know i had gotten that taste of being with people and i'm like let's just go and there was 30 people there but it was awesome yeah and they sang a song that really connected with me and the preacher he preached about having joy in jesus in 2020 especially when he used which what made it stand out john 15 and john 16 were Jesus told his disciples, you will you will have this great joy despite being sent out. I mean, he didn't give all the uh all the bad news, but you're fixed to be persecuted, whipped, and guess what? You're all gonna die. He was like, Well, you're gonna have complete joy. And I know why he said that now. And and you see people in two thousand twenty with all what's going on, you're like, Well, how can you have joy in this? So that was kind of his his sermon and it it's because of all the big things that we have in Jesus. Right. But one of the songs they sang was there's another in the fire. I think that's it. There's another in the fire, which I'm like, babe, that's the best song. I was <laughs> like, we need to take that song. She's like, well, we're not doing that anymore. I'm like, sounds awesome. She's like, that song's been out for two or three years. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like catch up. So, but if if you wanted a, a a really encouraging song for what's going on in 2020, which you know where they got it's that, it's a idea. reference to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, yeah, and Daniel, and Daniel, and, and they say, uh, I, "Let me pull the lyrics up," because they put but, them in. For those of you who don't know the story, they they put these guys in a fire to try to burn them up, but they didn't burn up. And then they looked in the whatever they were trying to burn them up in. And there was somebody else in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the, like the first I, verse. I see somebody old Nebuchadnezzar said, "I see somebody that looked like a, a son of son of God son of, walking around." I think he said, "Son of man." Son, son yeah. of man. He, something. Can you imagine that? You know, there's a fire going, or somebody walking around saying, "You be all right." Yeah, and nobody's burning up. I mean, what part of this being is does not interest you if you can go through? A fire? You know, we try to do little bits and pieces. You know, let's see who can walk on burning coals. Yeah. But you know, what? Roaring inferno, if you can walk around in it. But what's interesting is about that, the whole book of Daniel, because there's a lot of really good prophecy and stuff in it about, you know, the church and about other stuff that happened during Jesus' time. But it's a great book of encouragement for per- people being persecuted. Because basically they had gone and taken the best, Nebuchadnezzar did, out of Israel 
and they were captives, but they wouldn't give you know, Daniel and the other guys wouldn't give up on God. And they just said, well, you know, you're going to have to bow down to us and not to God. And they just said, no. So they threw Daniel in the lion's den. You know, they thought that he'd get eaten up. Nope. God closed the mouths of the lion that said, where he wouldn't attack Daniel. Yeah. And so it's great. You know, if, if, if a lot of persecution breaks out, people are kind of anticipating possibility in the next few years. I mean, those kind of texts really are an encouragement to me that God's going to be with us. I mean, he's, yeah, he's going to take care of it. Listen to some of this song that it says, there's a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there's a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. And then the next time it the next uh time it sings the chorus, it says this and should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There's a grave that holds no body, and now that power lives in me. Hmm. Pretty cool. Like oh, it's a, it's a good one. You got to <laughs> I mean, remember, boys. Most people, most people back off once you go into the. They they they're fine with the natural realm. They try to come up with answers on how the cosmos just naturally appeared. And how all these things you see in the natural world, but once you get to the supernatural, mm-hmm. they they begin to go back and say, "Hmm, I mean, I, I just I just don't believe it. It, it, it it's not natural." Of course, you've got a, a a God, a person who shows up that says, "I am both God and man." Right. And they're like, say what? <laughs> Which and, what a thought! And and Which then is... they read what he said. Which the more you read about what he said, the more you are scratching your head, saying, "Who who is this? Who is this person?" Right. I mean, you say what? Wait. And then the whole thing unfolds. God dies. He bleeds. The creator of the cosmos. You you get to looking at these matters and you begin to say what it, it it's it it's the message itself tends to overwhelm them and some of them just run and say it's it's just not not natural that's right <laughs> yeah well i was just saying I supernatural to, things are scary to the human race mm-hmm. i got to experience. and they really shouldn't be because some of them go nuts with it and they get it way out of context and come up with a lot of things in their own minds it's not, yeah. not true. Yeah, somebody sent me a, a email about, I guess something somebody believed or told him that that Jesus wasn't really God; he was an angel. Yeah, that was kind of a mini <laughs> God. You know, so huh. I was, it was like he wasn't really God. But I was like, but the whole thing breaks down if he's not God. I mean, it, none of it works, That's you know, right. without him being the divine and the human. Well, it was a good reminder for me to experience that love with those people. And, and I didn't know him. You know, Missy had gotten to know all the wives. And, you know, what drew them to her were all these problems and, that they're having. Because when you think about it, everybody's got problems. I mean, we try to just dismiss it and act like 
nothing's going on. But, but what else it, is new? You know? Yeah, everybody <laughs> has some issue. It may be yeah. a, a kid, a teenager that's gone off the rails or some health problem or your grandmother or, you know, even just poor choices. I mean, the problems that come with that. But everybody has all these problems. When you isolate it yourselves, of course, we did it because of a, I mean, a, a pandemic. Well, then it's like you forget that everybody's struggling. What you, did you're just Solomon doing your say? own thing. What did Solomon say? Life is short and full of trouble. <laughs> yeah. He also said there's nothing new under the sun, which is true, because they always cycle back through, whatever the yeah. situation is. So I was going to read this, because when I heard the sermon, it kind of all connected. And he read in John 15 where, where Jesus said, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And, of course, we're thinking he made a point about, we're like, well, what are these commands? So I can, I'm going to tell me, just give me the rules. And <laughs> so, but he was actually saying, because then he got into the verse in John 15, 17, he said, this is my command, love each other. Well, let's just start with that one, which is what I really, I really needed that. I missed that. But in the sermon, he read verse 11. He said, I've told you this about love and, and, and obey my commands so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And when you think about what they're fixed to go through, it just wasn't very pleasant. I mean, they were persecuted. They were in trouble. You remember the, all those, uh, the list that, that Paul made. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was like, "You wanna, you wanna hear about some problems? I've yeah. been beaten, shipwrecked, you know." Oh, it was snake a, bit. It was a, it was a list of disaster. Let's let's take another break. So one of the things about uh, running a business, especially a small business, is that if you have HR issues, it can kill you. It can kill your business. Uh, termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor, labor regulations, a lot of issues with HR. Did you realize that, Dave? I really didn't. But <laughs> from being around my family, I realized that humans can be difficult. <laughs> and resourceful. That's right. Human resources. So, you know, a lot of times you have to hire this person, the HR manager. It's obviously very expensive. So there's a, one of our sponsors is called Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. And they were specifically created for small business. Basically, for $99 a month, you can have online HR services, which saves you having to spend all the other money. They can do phone, email, real chat. So you want to check these guys out month to month. No hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. So you go to Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Robertson. You get a free HR audit. Find out if these guys can help you. That's Bambi.com slash Robertson. And you're right, and of course, the whole context in 14, 15, 16 is he's trying to prep them. We know, because we've been studying the rest of the book of John, that they still didn't get it mm -hmm. no. you know, for a long time. So he was trying to like encourage them that when you get it, right. you're going to need to understand love and joy. I mean, because look, nothing else is going to seem like it goes that well. So I wanted to bring that up because I just think that, that like, 
it just recharged my battery. It just ignited me. I'm like, no matter what comes our way, no matter what kind of trouble or persecution or the world or, you know, who wins the president, we've got someone in us. Yep. You know, that, that idea, there, there's another in the fire. Let, let's get back to the business at hand here in, in however way we can. So I left there. I went to Arkansas and did a two-day metal detecting shoot, I guess. <laughs> they were filming me. And it was probably the first day, 35 degrees. It was snowing when we went out there. And I didn't realize it had rained that much. And the two you know, old codgers that that got me permission to go up there, they like abandoned ship an hour in because it was like too cold and too wet. <laughs> Not exactly metal detecting weather. You know, no. if, one, if one lives his life thinking he's not loved or she's not loved, you won't see love come, coming from her. I mean, it... it the people who are are dispensing all the vitriol and the hatred, they don't feel loved. Huh? No. They don't think anybody loves you them. You would think. No doubt. You, you it has know? to be. Um, it has to be. You see it over and over. They, yeah. They're full of anger, and they're mad when you when the, when they get up in the morning and you say, why are you mad? It's well, the, it it's is, the it's ones who problem. don't realize somebody loves me, somebody out there. Yeah. They, they never ha- experienced that. So what comes out of them, it's the same thing that they, they that, that they're not part of. They don't feel love. So, well, that's why I asked when I shared Jesus with somebody, because Jesus can change your heart, and and that's never going to change. But a good question is, how did you get here? Because when somebody ponders the idea that God made them, just that acknowledgement, all of a sudden you're like, oh. This was on purpose? I mean, I, I'm not, you know, if, if you realize you're made on purpose, there's there's a natural or spiritual love creation from that one fact. Because he made me because he loved me. You see what I'm getting at? If you think you came from seaweed, look, there's no love there. That's just barbaric. Human beings find it difficult to love the ones who hate them. Human beings has a broad spectrum. You run up on the Jesus people and you say, someone comes to them and starts saying, you no good. I, I, I've read a many a letter that was sent to me saying, you know, you know, I wish you would die and all these <laughs> things. You read it and you, and you fold it up and throw it in the trash can, but you say, I don't hold it against them. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I expect it. It happens. Well, you've died. I look at how they treated. You've died several times, according to the internet. Oh, you and Sai both have. I'm selling marijuana oil sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a CEO of a company. Somebody said, I'm, like, I'm selling marijuana oil. Yeah. And then, I, that's the first I, I've heard of that one. Oh, no. And you were, involved, well, you, were oh. in, you were involved, too, because there's a picture. In this article, Dad's talking about. Where this, do y'all see this stuff? It's uh, somebody send it. Somebody to me. comes oh. to me and says, "You know, you, you, I mean, it was you, completely, <clears throat> completely fabricated." They said, "Did you know well, everything in it?" How? Was, Why? I know it's completely. But look, there was a picture of you two, and I, I knew exactly when the picture was from. Remember, we, well, we, y'all, I, y'all should have sent this to me if I'm on the picture. Well, you are, and so it was. It was the time we did Eric Metaxas's show about the podcast last mm-hmm. year. 
And that was the picture because I oh, recognized I, that wasn't me. I hadn't done that show. Yeah, yeah. The three of us went what? and did it. Yeah. We Last were together. Year? Yeah. No. Where was his little daughter with him, duck hunter with us. Yeah, and then they came down. So here. they took that no, picture. I, I didn't Yeah, I you know. were there. And so they took that picture of you and of you and Jay's in the shot, and it was on Eric's set. And then it said that y'all went on live TV and talked about this CBD oil and I have okay, no well, memory of this whatsoever. Maybe I want somebody. Maybe somebody. We did some seep. What is it days. called? We did. We did CBD. Uh, CBD. <laughs> CBD. We did Metaxas's show. We did Hannity. We did a bunch of shows. We went to New York. No, I don't remember that. Days. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I remember years ago. It was like year before last. It was 2019 when we could still go. Oh. It was when the. It was this time before Duck well, anyway. So you Look. think about it. You say. So what should you do about people who are saying? Just, just a string of lies. Oh, we're doing something, and and we're not. We're not. I don't even know what they're talking about. I've never heard of CBD oil or whatever it is. <laughs> and then they say, "Oh yeah, you're the CEO of a company that's doing it, and you pay us money." That's when I started laughing. Well, yeah. When he was talking about all your decisions you were making as the CEO. I mean, I, I can't thought, you see? Dad hadn't been CEO in in a long time. Can't you see? Wow. Well, how do you love Jace? You're you're, you're kind of on an area there. How do you love Al the unlovable? Because well, if God used the same standard. That we use on each other. Can you imagine what kind of nightmarish situation we're gonna have ourselves in well, down here on planet Earth? Your 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 way you have to go about it is is Jesus some one of his last phrases from the cross: "Forgive them, Father, for they know, know not what they do." Yeah. I mean, you have to look at the ignorant, and and I mean that not in a negative, just ignorant because they don't know. Yep. I'm trying that, to look up the definition of CBD oil. Well, well, Google CBD oil and dad, and then you get the whole piece. Cause I had never heard it was of in the it. New York Post. No, I don't want to. Right, I right. had never heard of that particular <laughs> oil. But, I don't know what it but, is. It's actually, not, it helps a lot of people, and, and it's not, you think of it like it's, it's it doesn't have the stuff in it that marijuana has. I thought you said it was from marijuana. No, it's extracted from it, but it doesn't have. There's some. What is it called? TCH or so. There's something THC. that. Yeah, THC. Oh. It doesn't. Is have it this, legal? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, it helps a lot of people, joint oh. pain and all. So, well, Phil, so, you should have told us that you so were in that business. If but somebody, somebody's going to use my name and say I'm the CEO of the outfit, why where, can't, where, where's why, my check? But well, why can't you <laughs> sue them for that? Huh? Well, you because because you're a famous person. Is if you're here's why I can't sue them. I don't hold it against them, and I know they're lying. <laughs> and I'm not saying you I should. Love them. I, I love like, them. Why I love can't them. you? I love them, even though they're lying about me. You say because unless you, love you can them, prove it, and I'm not going to sue them. Unless you no. can prove it's slander, or I'm never going to sue anybody. It sounds Jay. like to me they're just trying to get people hooked on it. Well, my by po- any means necessary. Well, right. yeah. Well, my point, is, and then Dad, it's implied that Dad dies at the end of the article. So, oh really? Oh yeah, he was he was on his. Well, that's last. poor marketing. You can't have yourself <laughs> come up with it and then die in the end. That's uh, like uh, and I was. Jace, we're saying. not talking about geniuses here who dream this up. <laughs> well, I'm saying the CEO who tested this product later died. <laughs> But while he was taking it, he because was of one, his memory, you no, should he die. was in perfect health until he died suddenly. <laughs> let's, let's take another break. One of the things uh, we've talked about with the holidays is kind of tough. Jess, you mentioned it about getting groups together is 
man, there's so many states, so many different rules. You can have this amount of people. You, California, you got to have yeah. one person serving the mashed taters. I mean, it, it's. I mean, every time you cross the state line, <laughs> there's a new set of rules. That's exactly right. So one of the one of our uh, new sponsors, uh, you know, knowing that. Uh, has has a good product that maybe if you can't go home for the holidays, you might can send some flowers uh, to your mom or you know to someone in your family. Dad's actually experienced giving some of these to mom, which is kind of funny for us. But it's it's called Bloomsy Box, B L O O M S Y Box. Bloomsy Box is the name of the company. And it's a really interesting company because they have these farms that they're family farms and they're all around the world. So they. They pick them there and they ship them directly to you. So you get them fresher. They last longer. No hidden fees. No upsells. Uh, if you get a subscription, you get free shipping as well. So check these guys out. If you go to bloomzybox.com and enter Phil, you're going to get 15% off. And if you subscribe to do the monthly, uh, you get free shipping as well. So promo code Phil, 15% off at bloomzybox.com. I mean, no, it's just they 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 want to take this opportunity to get the picture on the internet of of you two and Cy and Willie. There's the the famous iconic four guys, and yeah. and then somebody's going to click on it because it's y'all. It's just all about clicks. They're trying to get you to well, click. Well, look, I just found Romans five I, or Romans six in there. Don't you think said, of yourself more highly than well, you. Well, no, no. Uh, <laughs> that's wrong. Jesus loved no. us even while we were his enemies. Oh, that's Romans so, 5. So, yeah, yeah. So you look at that and you say, While we were sinners. I don't regard them as enemies, but when we were all enemies of God, Jesus still died for us. He did. Yeah. Today, you would, it would be rare to find an individual who would die for the his enemies. Well, well right. I think he said, and he, he said that demonstrates. He said sometimes life. people might die for a righteous person, but nobody's going to die for you know an enemy or a terrible person. Well, and, it's easy to love people who love you. Look, that's easier said than done. I mean, well, I was I was telling you my metal detecting trip before we went off the rail here of <laughs> CB radio, <laughs> and we had a couple people who showed up. Nobody knew. I thought they were them. They thought they were me. I'm like, go, y'all. You may go. You know, y'all go do your own thing. We're we're out here. But and and it's hard when you're in a situation where you're trying to pull something off, and people become difficult. <laughs> so I have noticed that when you start preaching Jesus, usually people leave. They either come aboard. Or they try to trick you. Or, get it, get or, away from me. Or, or they leave, because I'm like, you know. But I was trying to put this together with my week about this joy, because you're like, why would you go out there in freezing temperatures, slop around in the mud? Well, one, I said I would. You know, I told them I'd be there. So it was there. <laughs> I looked at the weather and thought, I wouldn't do this, but they had the cameras out, you know, and the slickers. Cameras and, and rain don't go well. No, together. but we did it. And, but I thought about this Luke 15. I mean, Jesus had eaten with the tax collectors and sinners. And of all the things he could have come up with, of course, we're familiar with the 99 sheep and the one that he go get. And we're familiar with the two sons that we call the prodigal son, which should be named, what, the gracious father? I think that's the better definition. But sandwiched in between, 
There's a woman who has 10 silver coins. Because look, Phil, in metal detecting, silver. When you find silver, that's like... Is it like gold? Well... Except it's silver. You find gold, it's gold. Will a metal detector pick up gold? Yeah. Okay. But it's a lower number, and you kind of got to get ready for it. But I found a couple pieces of gold with mine. But silver is what you find. It's like you, you gold's rare, right? Because if somebody loses some gold, guess what? They're gonna find. They're it. gonna find it <laughs> or die trying. So that's rare. But back in the day, silver wasn't that big a deal. So yeah. people just they'd lose it. No big deal. About like a penny for us. So suppose a woman has ten silver coins. See that until I metal detected, that didn't. I didn't notice that. I thought, well, she lost a coin. What's the big deal? But as a metal detector, when you find silver, I've seen people, I mean, they have silver dances when they find one. I mean, they, it's it's a big deal. All right, and she loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house? Well, she's doing the same thing I'm doing. She's finding something that's lost. Wasn't using a metal detector, but still, same concept. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors and says, rejoice. There's something cool about finding lost stuff especially when it's a silver coin i have found my lost coin in the same way i tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner who turns back to god just think about that illustration there so i'm like you know i'm grinding out it's tough so look day two we go what way better weather and i've we filmed and they're asking me questions and, and the guy who's running things, he's like, you know, it sure be nice if you could just find a silver coin. And I'm like looking around like I'm trying <laughs> because he was looking at it from a filming, you know, you've yeah. said all that, what you can say, you've made your spiritual analogies. You've told some jokes. This cameraman never left my side as miserable as I was. There was a guy with a camera stomping around That's in mud more miserable. for two days. <laughs> Everywhere I went, I was like, I need to take a leak here, so give me some ri- – oh, okay. But I mean, he literally followed me for two days. And so finally, late in the day, second day, bloop, 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 bloop. and I just – when I heard the sound of mayors, I'm like, I think this is a silver coin. I'm like, hey. I was looking at him like, this, this is it. And I was like methodically slowly digging around it. Because I'm like, listen to this. Well, my neighbor over here who also does some some stuff for Garrett, uh, her name is Gypsy. She's a metal detective. Has a YouTube. Her name is Gypsy? That's, how, that's what she told me. I said, I'm Jay. She said, I'm Gypsy. Hmm. Good to meet you. So she's a metal detective she's, as well? Yeah, oh, she's like a sensation on YouTube or whatever. So I'm like, hey, come over here. And this, what's and the company? Garrett is the Garrett, okay. yeah. So they she come up there. So she... She put her metal to she, she said, maybe a penny. I was like, oh, it's not a penny. That's, it's bigger. <laughs> she was looking at me, you know, I'm like, because I, I had found a penny earlier, but I knew it was something silver. So I was peeling back. The gypsy and then you get was your little, downplaying your find. You know, I don't know why she did that. Yeah. I think she was trying to keep my expectations that, Well, that's what you were saying about that season. Let's take one last break. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. 
We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Because, look, there was a lot of iron in the ground, so it, it was kind of jumpy. But anyway, that's a metal detecting slogan. So finally, I pinpointed it. Look, <laughs> I turned it over. We've been here two days. You know, I look. I could see that. I see it. it was silver, and that was big. And I was like, oh. I mean, at that moment, I was so fired up. <laughs> I was relieved. I was fired. Because up until this point, all I had proven on this, their show is that I'm a really crappy metal detector. <laughs> but, but you tell funny stories. <laughs> but I tell funny stories. And now I'm like, oh, please be like, you know. Something good. 1810. It was 1935. But <laughs> silver is silver. And I told him this little story. It was just a quarter. It was a quarter. So actually, well, it's what I told them. I was like, you're finding the reason you don't find much stuff, just think back in the day. You drop a penny, what's a big deal? Mm. Somebody finds it, what do they say? It's my lucky day. I found a penny. Somebody loses a quarter, you come up and find a quarter, you're like, I'm pretty close to a happy meal here. I, I'm on my way, <laughs> at least. I mean, it, it's just you just don't find, you don't lose quarters, and it's hard to find that because not many people the lose. The more valuable something is, the harder people look for it when they lose it. Well, that's right. I mean, it so I, I was happy. But our little crew, everybody in our crew found a silver coin. Gypsy found a silver quarter. Hers was like 43. The uh, the guy, uh, his name was Steve, he found a war nickel, which they only made those one or two years. It was like it? the 40s, I think. World War II. Yeah. And uh, then the cameraman, this uh, Gypsy's cameraman of all people, because her cameraman didn't follow you know, her around all, all day. But he went, picked up a metal detector, young kid. And and he didn't look like he was from the country. You know what I mean? He had a couple of earrings in his ears, and his his name was something weird. <laughs> and uh, I said, "How long has he been with the company?" He's like, "Well, he he's, you know, he wasn't born in the country." I was like, "Oh, I what gave that away?" You know, <laughs> the all the weird piercings and, but what they said, they said, "But you know, the first time he went metal detecting, he found his joy." That that's that's the phrase he used. And so I thought, you know, this is really cool. This here, here's a kid. I mean, he had to be in his early twenties. Uh, you know, grew, grows up in an urban place. Because if he and, dies in a in a remote 
part of the country because of his jewelry hanging on all over. Well, that's right. I mean, you would say you would jackpot. Really, that'd really have, fine, have a fine when you find his bones. Yeah, <laughs> which would be weird. This was some kind of king or something. Yeah, that's that, what they would think. Yeah. And uh, Ruiz, I think is his name. Yeah. So look, he finds the prize of the day. Well, he actually found two prizes. He found an 1853 half dime that looked like it just came out of the bank. Well, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing. They made a half dime for a while. Yes, and they're they're called a. Uh, I think they're called a seated liberty. It's Lady Liberty, and she's like sitting down on the back of the coin. I found so a it's couple, not a it's not a nickel. It's a half dime, but it's, it's a half dime. five cents. Yeah. Well, it says half dime. I know that's oh, weird. Yeah, it was a half dime before it was a nickel. They didn't start making nickels till like nineteen. Well, don't give me the line. I think they did make a few in the late eighteen hundreds. But he also found, and this is pretty rare. I think I've I've only known one person who found one. He found a two cent piece. Now here's the kicker: the two cent piece had a bullet in it. Like a fired round was stuck in the middle of the two cent piece. And it's like, I'm looking at this thing. He didn't like pull it out of his pocket. I mean, it was old and dirty. And we're like, what in the world? Hmm. So look, he was life. showing me and his hands were shaking. I said, are you cold? And he's like, no, I'm just, I just can't believe I found that. <laughs> you mean it was a small caliber yeah, bullet. small caliber bullet embedded in, in the, a two cent piece, which means they were target shooting, or, or, or they, he was running across the field. Somebody shot him, and that two cent piece may have. I don't him. know. I, I I've never look. I I was with a bunch of metal detecting pros here, you know, and yeah. they were all stumped, baffled, and bewildered. <laughs> and and I think that goes to my point. You know, I'm trying to make a spiritual point here. As tough as that all that was, it, it was it was awesome because we like we like the process. We're out there, we're enjoying God's creation, we're finding lost stuff. But in, a, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really matter. But when I think about this story and God doing that for me, okay. Now that's my true joy. That there's a God out there who said I'm like this. I'm sweeping the house. I'm detecting till I find you. And when I find you, I'm taking you, I'm putting you back in circulation. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, awesome well, and to, to thing. your point, cause I'm working on a, I'm preaching the first half of John 21, which we're going to eventually get to when we wrap up John. About, here. There's another in the fire. I like that. Okay. Um, and so doing that, it was interesting because in John 21, you know, there's another miraculous catch of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Jesus post-resurrection. And it was interesting because so in my study this week, it took me back to Luke 5, you know, when he first, when Peter first came, you know, really understood it. He put Jesus pushed back a little bit in the boat and he's preaching. And and then he says, hey, why don't you just push on out? Once he gets through preaching, he tells Peter, let's push on out and do a little fishing. And, and Peter's like, well, Lord, you know, I mean, we fished all night, you know, we're kind of, you know, he, he didn't want to say like, we know we're the experts here, but he's kind of like questioning Jesus. He said, oh, push on out. So then they, they throw the net out and then they caught all this huge catch of fish. And so James and John are in another boat with, with their dad and they come over and they have to tow it in, but the net begins to break. It says, so they're losing fish. 
and they're trying to hurry up and get it in. And Peter looks at Jesus and says, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. It was really interesting because he recognized something. And this is at the beginning. Yep. And mm-hmm. and Jesus tells him, he says, tell you what, boys, y'all follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So three years later, we get to John 21. We see this again, which we'll flesh out a little bit in another podcast. But when you see that happen, this time they caught the fish and the net didn't break. And I thought, you know, that's the idea that mm-hmm. these guys had gone from being, you know, scared rabbits in three years, Jesus post resurrection, they're about to go out and change I the world. I can identify which is with that out <clears throat> uh, because, as y'all will testify to, having participated in it, when I was fishing for a living, I mean, one thing that comes to the front very clearly it is hard work. Yep. When you're fishing for men, it is also hard That's work. Right. That's right. It's it's the same type. I can see our fishermen, me being one myself, mm-hmm. in order to survive, I was fishing this river out here, you know, for about a decade. Right. So you say, I look back at it now, and I said, man, I, I can't believe I did that. That's right. Well, yeah. it made me think well, about when you were talking about metal. Jace was the motor man on a many of run. Oh, I was too. Well, I wanted to read this. This would be a good lead yeah, wrap, wrap to John up. 21 next. I read that in John 15 about joy and about command loving each other well in verse 13 of chapter 15 he said greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends and you are my friends if you do what i command well in chapter 21 nobody really ever says anything about this but when he walks up to while they were fishing you know the first word he says first word out of his mouth friends yeah he said he called out to them you know, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. Disciples were out. He said, friends, have you any fish? <laughs> <laughs> now, if that won't get you excited, because the only connection you can make is the last conversation he had about friends and this love and follow me. And, y'all make and he's doing another push. Jedi because they're not recognizing him yet either. I just always picture like a, hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having any love? Yeah. I mean... Got any fish? But he's back from the dead. I mean, what a what a what a yeah, we'll, ironic uh, statement. We'll, I'm we'll, telling you, we'll flesh that one out next time. I'll have some some notes from my sermon. Bye, friends. That went quickly. <laughs>